getting late early folks it is getting late early and no i am not just talking about the fact that the sun is going down earlier and earlier now as we are in that point of the year i'm talking about the cleveland browns and their prospects for the 2022 season browns lose another heartbreaker today 30 to 28 to the los angeles chargers at cleveland Browns stadium i'm sure you all know that uh but uh, we are here to recap it and uh, talk about it. Don't fret not. We will also talk about those pesky guardians on the other side of downtown Cleveland. Uh, but thanks thanks for uh, checking us out. Uh, the LOTL postgame show, week five edition. I'm Dan here with Steven. How are we doing? I, why did I even ask that? Well, this weekend has really been some whiplash because yesterday was awesome. Uh, the Guardians wrapping up their uh, series against the Rays in an incredible fashion. Walk-off home run in the bottom of the 15th. 15 innings! I, uh, I believe I believe an MLB postseason record, by the way, for a 0-0 game going that deep into a game. Ed, incredible. Uh, the pitchers only gave up one run the entire the 24 innings of those two games, which is just yep. unheard of. Um, but I think... And then you come here today, and the Browns, you know, they drop a real heartbreaker today by two points. And this is a game that, you know, quite frankly, I thought they were going get, to get run out of the stadium. But, you know, as you've said so many times, you know, you'd rather get blown out than, you know, lose the heartbreaker at the last second of the oh, game. Oh, I 100% and, would have rather have lost this game I mean, by four touchdowns than the way we lost it. It's just tantalizing. I mean, they've, they've lost three games by a collective six points. Yeah, that's that's brutal. We're the yeah. Browns are now. You could also argue going the other way, but the Browns are six points away from being five and zero oh and being the best team in football. Yeah, and yet like you are <laughs> miles away between two and three and five and zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's funny you bring up the Guardians because bottom line is is you have two teams that are playing right now. You have one team that when the game's on the line, they just work. They they work. They find they find a way to get it done. They they oftentimes it's not even the best. Sometimes it's the best players like Jose Ramirez on Friday, you know, this the Saturday Oscar Gonzalez. You know some not one of the first guys you would have expected, you know to to make the winning play. The Browns on the other hand, they find ways to lose games, period. And I think it's you know the writing's on the wall here, folks. What the Browns have done in the fourth quarter of some of these games is downright historic. And while the Jets game may have been the worst choke job of the three, it's actually the most permissible for two reasons. One, the Jets are 3-2 and two and looked awesome today, so they're probably better than we were giving them credit for. But secondly, and this is the more important point, there are no other teams in the NFL other than probably the Browns that have made more of a living of giving up leads and losing close games in the fourth quarter than the Falcons and the Chargers. And you have lost to them in consecutive weeks. And in fact, the L.A. Chargers, I saw this on Twitter, are 2-14 and 
in their last 16 games where they have been down by 14 points or more during the game. Yep, I know where you're going. Both <coughs> of their two wins out of the 16 were against the Browns. Excuse me, what was that? They were 2-14 and 14 in their last 16 games. Did you say both? Or more. Both of those games, last year and this year. Oh, my God. They were down 27-13 at one point in last year's game, and they were down 14 nothing in this year's game. And the Chargers rallied back and won both games. <laughs> I mean, I texted you guys in our in our chat. I don't know how much longer I can do this. I decided in what was it, 2015 or so, I was not going to do this anymore. And like, ah, uh, well. I mean, obviously, Didn't I'm being facetious because I'm, I'm <laughs> never, ever, ever going to uh, not root for the Browns. But, I mean, like, they don't deserve for us to care this much about them. No, they don't. They absolutely don't. And that was a point I was making for years and years, and it just fell on deaf ears, it seemed. I will say, and this doesn't make me feel any better, but it is, it is kind of a funny uh, anecdote. At least we're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they're they're still looking up at us. We'll get we'll get into that when we do the, the around yeah, the NFL. We're, we're not in the basement, folks. My that's, 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 God, I mean, we can at least hang our hats on that. So, who do you place? Let's go. Not who do you not not the one thing you place the most blame on. Let's go with a blame pie. Okay. And let's divvy up a blame pie on today's loss. Hmm. Let's go, obviously, the defense. I was going to say, I'm putting about... Now, do you want Do you want to go with... Do you want to split up the coaching and the actual play on the field? Or do you want to, like... I mean, we can split all it All-encompass... Yeah. Like, like, for instance, I'm saying for the defense, Joe Woods and the players. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you want to do that as one, or do you want to? It's hard to quantify uh, as far as the individual defensive players go, but you know, yeah. I would put a bunch of it on on Joe Woods, obviously. The uh, guy, uh, terrible. What, I mean, why? How does he? St- I'm sorry. How does he still have a job? How? Yeah. What has he done that makes it makes it that he should be a defensive coordinator in this league? What? You know, I came on this. I was thinking I was going to come on the show because and and just go after the fact that we were not manning up Denzel Ward on Mike Williams every play, which that would seem to be a very obvious thing to do, especially with Keenan Allen not playing. Like, why would you not put your top corner on their top receiver the whole time? I just I didn't understand their game planning as far as that. It seemed like they were just letting Williams do whatever he wanted and then guard everybody else, which that didn't seem to make a lot of sense. But what's even more important is that the Browns gave up over 200 yards rushing again today. 240. Which is is awful, and even more awful when you consider that the Chargers were only averaging 64 yards a game on the ground coming into this game. I mean, they got more than that on one freaking play. The 72-yard run by Austin Eckler. Yeah, And and on that play, he got tackled at the five, and they ended up not scoring a touchdown on that drive. How about that? You know, I got to give the defense a little bit of an attaboy because that's the second week in a row now where the the opposing team has had a really long, quick drive, and they've 
gotten them to stall inside the five, and they've had to kick a field goal. I'm sorry. Which I, should have been should have been more decisive last week and should have been decisive this week when, when you think about it. But be that as it may, there were other reasons. And There are no attaboys to go, to go around today, except, uh, well, uh, obviously Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Know, attaboy, but that, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I, you know, Jacoby Brissett even played a really good game for 57 minutes. He's done that three times now this year, yeah. and we've lost all three of those games. So, to finish the question, blame pie, I put about 40% of it on Joe Woods. I put about 10% of it on John Johnson, who continues that to That guy is stealing and, money. And had a horrible 15-yard penalty early in, I yeah, think it was in the second Rudd quarter. It. Yeah, he took his helmet off. Helmet off. And, and he was for bitching about a call. For sake of argument, the Chargers should have been flagged on that play 100%. for back flock. That doesn't mean, so, that doesn't I get mean his should... point, but you can't throw your helmet. You cannot take your what, helmet off when you're on the, the field. What in the world are you doing? Au- it's, not, it's not even a judgment call. That's an automatic penalty. Yeah. You know, so that's a part of it. <clears throat> that guy I, is stealing money. Stealing. Terrible. Um, the D-line and the linebackers. Miles Garrett did next to nothing today. Did nothing. And I'm not going to – I'm sorry. And, again – People are going to think I'm hating on Miles Garrett. I expect him to be great. So when he's not great and we lose predominantly on his side of the ball, yeah. he's going to get blamed from me. He has to be better. I don't want to hear the excuse of, oh, he's banged up. He's the reason he's banged up. Right. He didn't get injured in a right. game trying he to make himself. a play. He got into an accident because he was speeding. Because he speeds all the time. And he didn't make a play today. Justin Herbert didn't get touched once. I'm not saying sacked. Touched. One time. Yeah. It's fair to give Miles Garrett individually 10% of the play. I mean, when are you going to make a play to decide a game? How many times do we have to talk about this? When are you going to make a play like Aaron Donald or like freaking TJ Watt? And win a game. The last time he's done that was, what, week 10 last year when he did it against Baltimore? Baltimore, yep. He hasn't done that since last October. November, whatever the hell that game it was. was like late November or early December, something like that. But, <coughs> but yeah. <clears throat> and, again, completing the thought, I give another 10% to the, again, collectively to the D-line and the, the front seven. Oh, my God. We were just getting blown off the ball. Terrible. They were, they were getting owned pretty much the entire and game. And Jacob Phillips is horrible. Yeah. The guy has no idea how to play the run, and he's a linebacker. <sighs> Jacoby Brissett and Cade York, to me, I'm only giving him 5% of the blame, in truth. Brissett, mostly just because of that bad decision to throw into the end zone when he could have maybe picked up the first down on the ground. That's just trying to make the spectacular play when you know really you should have just take what the defense had for you in a key situation. It reminded me of what Russell Wilson did on Thursday night when you know the Broncos were in the same situation and he threw a costly interception in the end zone and ended up cost. I mean, this is this game. is the reason why Jacoby Brissett's a career backup, right? Like, uh, yeah, right. Like he will be good in spots for the majority of today's game. He was actually pretty good. He was, but he made the one mistake that you cannot make. And listen, with the game on the line. Listen, I don't mean to bring this guy up because we're not talking about him and we have a hell of a lot more to talk about. But how many times last year was number six absolutely crucified for doing something similar 
yeah. to Jacoby that that like Jacoby Brissett did. Mm-hmm. Turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. Not making the play when you need to in the fourth quarter. Again, I don't think Jacoby Brissett was the the reason why we lost. No. Although you could make the argument that, you know, if they score a touchdown when they're down there that late in the game, the Browns maybe do win. <clears throat> but he threw an interception. So yeah. and at that point, uh I I didn't think we were gonna get the ball back. But I didn't either. Listen, I think that San I think that the San Diego, the LA Chargers have the dumbest coach in the NFL. He really made an awful that, decision late in the game to go for it on that fourth and two. I mean, that's a fireable offense. Well, it might have been if they lost the game. How can you be that stupid? There's being aggressive, and, again, and then there's that. And again, like people say analytics. I get it. But analytics doesn't take into account the fact that Jacoby Brissett is the opposing opposing team's quarterback. You punt the ball and make Jacoby Brissett go the length of the field to beat you. Which is what the Falcons... This does the would set up the same situation that the Browns were in against the Falcons last week. I I, I would have I, I would have when you're up two and at that point, if the Browns would have had Deshaun Watson, I actually may have understood that call that he made yeah. a little bit more because you're thinking the way the NFL is set up, late game, the way the teams play defense, it's not gonna be that hard for Deshaun Watson to drive into field goal range at the end of the game and kick a field goal. But you have Jacoby Brissett in who literally just threw a red zone interception to set up you being able to try and close the game out. You just punt the ball and make him go the length of the field to do it. Right. But he didn't. He decided to go for it. He's a moron. He cost them the playoffs last year. You, you can see why the Chargers <clears throat> often have so much trouble winning games at the end of at the end of games. He's a complete moron, that yeah. coach for the Chargers. Think, well, so... You know, we've talked about Jacoby Brissett. We've just only briefly touched on Cade York, who had a rough day. Ugh. And granted, neither one of those kicks was a chip shot. The last no. one was 53. But, but it is interesting that, you know, you know, he's missed all of the kicks that he's had this year. He's missed at home in the closed end of the stadium, which is the easier end of the stadium to kick. He into. doesn't like kicking that way. No. Hmm. Usually the problems are in, are in the dog pound where both – corners are open for wind to come in and swirl around but the eastern end end of the uh, of the end zone is where it's closed off from the wind coming off the lake right so yeah but be that as it may and and those two guys and other guys had a lot to do with us losing Listen, the game I, but i'm that second kick i actually blame stefanski for because, it, because i was just gonna get listen yes when they get when they when they got that and they got that first first down which is like okay we're in field goal range, but they still had how much time? They still had probably like 45 seconds yes. left. Okay, they had no timeouts, but you still probably could have run the ball twice. They did end up running the ball in the next play after that. but And, yeah, I was just getting to the remainder of my pie, which is Kevin Stefanski. With the game on the line, this guy, and it was that exact situation. You got that slant play for 10 yards. You get a first down. You got first down to 35, and you're just under a minute left. They called a horrifically bad play on first down where they ran outside to Kareem Hunt, which is a play that they ran previously in the third quarter on fourth and one, and that was a total disaster. 
Why they would go back to something like that in that situation, I have absolutely no idea. I actually the guy. Keep going. I'm sorry. I actually didn't disagree too much with the second down call. Actually, where they went, where they threw the deep ball down the sideline. I mean, they they were going for the jugular there yeah, at a time where either. the Chargers weren't expecting it. Like you know, well, the if issue DBJ with, comes down in bounds. You know, the issue with that one I have is not on Stefanski because I agree with you. I don't mind the call because if it's incomplete, it stops the clock. Right. <clears throat> but my issue with that is Jacoby Brissett threw the ball out of bounds. Right. They didn't execute it. He didn't even give him a chance. Right. So, you know, that goes awry. And then you're incomplete on third down. But, again, that first down call was awful. And, and it set him behind the chains, and it just made it more difficult. But bottom line is, you had the ball on the 45, and you had, what was it, a minute and 35 left? Yeah. And you couldn't get more than 10 yards? No, it was like a uh, minute. Minute and 10? Minute. They got the ball back with a minute and 10. They got the first down on that first play with a minute and 10. Okay. So they had it at a 35. And they, they were down they to snapped about... it. They The next time they snapped it, it was pro- there was probably about 50 seconds left. But here is the thing that is just absolutely, positively just driving me up a wall. Two weeks in a row now, the Browns have had the ball down by three. last time they were down by three this time they were down by two driving for either a tie or the win and you were in relative yardage I mean this time you were even closer to the goal yeah to to win than you were last time so timing being what it is you know maybe last week the situation dictates something different but bottom line is in both cases when you've been driving for the for a tie or the victory at the end of the game, your best player on offense has been standing on the sidelines. Yeah. The the problem is, is this isn't only a two What the hell? This isn't a two I'm week so thing. I'm so sick and tired of this. This isn't a two week thing. Stefanski's been doing this for the last two years. It's like it's like they're 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 like oh it's the last that's uh the it you know what it is? It's effing analytics. It's what it is. And listen, I know it has a spot in the game. I'm not saying it's you know, I'm not saying I'm not trying to be archaic and say that, you know, we're not supposed to play percentages and whatnot, but analytics does not take into the fact of the way a game feels like it's going, i.e. momentum, and it doesn't take into into account the human element. Like what I said with, with – uh, I'm sure, you know, Brandon Staley is the number one analytics guy in the NFL. It's what they it's why they go for it on fourth down all the time. It's why they do all these stupid things. Him going for it, the numbers tell him, percentages say to do it. But again, it's not taking into effect into effect that who's on the other side. I would I would Almost be inclined to agree with going for it for the Chargers back on that fourth down at the end of the game where he literally put the game on a platter for Kevin Stefanski. <clears throat> I would almost agree with him trying to go for it and do that if Deshaun Watson was on the other side. But it was Jacoby Brissett. Ultimately, it doesn't matter because the Browns fumbled the bag anyway, so... Really, he's not going to get grilled that badly on that decision. I think it was one of the all-time stupid decisions I've ever seen. 
But yeah, I Nick Chubb not being on the field, it's it's so stupid. Now I understand I understand football and basketball are not the same. But this is like in a vacuum. This is like saying that like if the Cavs in 2015 were playing a game Let's even say it's a regular season game. It's not even the playoffs because the Browns weren't playing a playoff game. Although, right. in my opinion, today was a playoff game because I don't think they're I don't think they have a chance of going to the playoffs now. But this would be like the Cavs having the ball with 30 seconds left. They need a they need a basket, and they just put LeBron on the bench. Yeah. Or in the case of the current Cavs team. Maybe they put Garland Mobley or, or, Devin, or Darius Garland or Mitchell. on the yeah, board. Just one of them. Uh, yeah, like, it, it's so stupid. And thank God that Nick Chubb is not a guy that raises uh, that uh, speaks out and raises his voice and makes a mockery or a, makes a scene on the sidelines. Could you imagine if they did that to like somebody like T.O. back in the day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He... You would got your popcorn out for the post game presser on that one. And hell, if if you don't, if you if the reason, and I I don't want to hear this from from these people, but if if you want to say, oh, the reason why he's not on the field is because Kareem Hunt is a better pass catcher out of the backfield. Put them both in the game. It's not like you have nine good receivers anyway. You have like two good receivers on your football team. So if you take out one of the receivers, it's not going to hurt as much as taking out your best freaking player. I got they your did that. They did that one week this year, where they where they would they would they would put Hunt and Chubb in on the field at the same time. One one game. They haven't done it since. Why? Do they have like some kind of special package that they're like waiting because they don't want the other teams to? get film on it or something like i, I well there's I no I use waiting anymore because the damn season's over <laughs> i got your analytics right here <coughs> browns had first and 10 on the 35 in that late game situation i mean earlier in the game from that almost exact same yard line the browns handed the ball off to nick chubb you know what happened he didn't stop running until he got to the end zone. What's to say that the same thing couldn't have happened there? Or actually, in this case, he probably would have fallen down on the two or yeah. something, and it would have been a chip shot field goal for the win. But, like, I, <laughs> I mean, this is getting to just the point of absolute lunacy, and I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm done with Kevin Stefanski. I, I'm almost at that point where I, like— I'm almost done with him, and I'm almost done with Paul DePodesta, and I'm almost done with everybody who is 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 in this philosophy where it somehow makes sense to keep your offensive MVP off the field with the game on the line. I just they I, could not possibly hope to explain. And and this is I get that there's no timeouts. I get that when you run, you know, run the ball, that's going to be time that you're going to be wasted. Yeah. But you know what? You're already on the cusp of field goal range anyway. And Chubb had how many runs of 10-plus in this game? Yes. And all through the season? Keep like, going. Preach. Seriously. What are the odds that you're going to get a better pass play necessarily than a run play in that situation? There's, 
Right. I mean, they ran it on first down anyway. So that's a that's an admission right there that they, it was not off the table. There's like, no good explanation for not none. having Nick Chubb on the field at the end of the game. None at I'm all. I'm so sick and tired of people saying, oh, well, Kareem Hunt is the better pass catcher out of the backfield, and yeah, it's the end of the game, and you can't run the ball. Like I said, put them both on the field. Why is this so hard? And here, I just wanted to bring up, I just want to bring up something. Uh, <coughs> Jake Burns, who is uh, part of the Orange and Brown Report, he is a really good uh, source when you want to talk about uh, kind of X's and O's uh, of the game. He said, I think you can be uh, upset with Stefanski, in parentheses, justifiably again today and not want him fired. I agree with this. Also recognize that he is a problem right now among many problems. He goes on to say, the defense is the key issue, top to bottom, broken. Important pieces missing, important pieces failing. It's the single biggest issue. I agree with that as well. And Nick Chubb and the O-line have been great, The offense is, but the offense is leaving points out there too. Points they clearly need due to poor defense, and it's in my opinion, it's it's putting an incredible. This is my point. Jake Jake doesn't tweet this. It's putting an incredible amount of pressure on this offense right now. No doubt, the Browns and you made this point earlier. The Browns are six points away from being five and zero. They have used the winning formula all year and still found a way to lose three of the five games. The margin for error in the NFL is tighter than ever. The QB you paid $230 million will help that issue, but then you are telling committed fans for decades to just wait. How many times can you tell a fan base to just wait? Well, in this case, that's, you know, I was actually waiting to get to another point, but this is a great time for it. Browns fans do need to be more patient, quite frankly. I know they don't want to hear that, and I know they're frustrated as heck. And I'm frustrated as heck because I'm, like, ready to run Stefanski out of town, but I realize you're no one's going anywhere until you actually see this team with Deshaun Watson on the field. Yeah. I think, oh, they, yeah. I think you owe them that at the very least. But the bottom line is this. The two games we've lost at home— Well, I— I think you could fire the defensive coordinator tomorrow. Well, oh, you you could do that. I mean, that's you and, could do that. And yes. I and I and also the special teams coordinator. It's a little more debatable, but yes, you like you could make name a case me for name that. me name me name me the last time the Browns special teams were actually good. Carolina game week one. Well, just because he made the game winning field goal. I mean, there were there were issues in that game that the punter has been good all season. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think he had one punt blocked, but that wasn't his fault. Okay, so one game out of five, they've been good. Yeah. As, as an anyway, entire unit. Sorry, yes. I didn't mean to torpedo what you were saying. But, no, so where I was going with this is the both of the games the Browns have lost at home so far this season, they've gotten booed off the field. Yeah, deservedly so, by the way, even though Miles Garrett doesn't agree with it. I did. So I thought Miles Garrett was completely wrong in his take after week two. I have a big problem with them getting booed at the end of this game. I have a huge problem with it. The majority of Browns fans were not exactly gung-ho on our chances at the beginning of this season. And yet, we're 2-3, and three, which is not 
outside, not at all outside what most fans thought we would be at this point. Oh, I just, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Do you feel like most fans thought we were going to the playoffs and competing for the division? No, but you have to look at the way the schedule lines up. This was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule. I think the fans. Well, this are, was not one of the easy. I games. think. I think the fans. Are, yeah, but if you were three and one right now, like they should be, if you would have lost this game to go to three and two instead of two and three, the fans probably aren't booing. It's not. You can't just look at this game in a vacuum as to why they're getting booed. The reason they're getting booed is because the same thing keeps happening. They can't close out games, and they're not making changes. They're just trotting out the same stuff and and uh, hoping and praying that this week it's going to work. <clears throat> the booing was not this game just in a vacuum. The booing was it's a it's a it, it's compounding because I think the fans see the same thing that I see in the fact that the team is two and three right now and the team could be three and eight by the time that the two hundred thirty million dollar quarterback come actually plays on the field. That's why I think they're booing because I think that they know. Based on how the team has played the first five games of the year and the schedule that they're about to go into, which started today, that this thing is going to fall off the rails and it's going to fall off fast. It very well could. So I think I think that's why they're booing. I think they're booing. It's almost like a preemptive boo. <clears throat> I think everybody's expectations are way too high, if that's the case. I, it's just hard for me to understand I mean, if this is going on week after week, you know, should they have gotten booed after the Jets game after gagging that lead as late as they did? Yes, they absolutely should have. That was ridiculous. But like, if we're getting into a situation where, like, they're getting booed every time they lose, like, that's not normal. You know, it, it really starts to make me wonder because I, I'm going to go back to the Guardians here. The Guardians have had an outstanding season, right? Yeah. They were absolutely phenomenal in August and September. They've now won a playoff series for the first time since 2016. It took literally almost until now for anybody here locally to even notice them. Okay. Why on earth are we so obsessed? I'm just going to straight go after the fans. Why do we want Browns to win so much more than the other teams? Because people like football more than they like the other sports. It's like, why is this the one we've got to have? And it's it's just driving this whole negativity around the franchise and all of the the players and fans and coaches. It's just it's it's just and it's and it's also frustrating from the fact that the Guardians and the Cavaliers are not getting the respect that they deserve either. It's just like oh, I think the Cavs we, are. The city was way into that team last year, very much into that team last year. I have to go back and look at some of the attendance numbers to verify. Oh that. God, but, the, like, ca- the Cavs are the Cavs were. The, I I get here. Let me pull it up because that's actually interesting. I want to know. I don't think they sold out any games before January, but I. Oh, I, I just I I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Okay, it it just it's bug and and this is part of the reason why I was more or less almost having given up on the Browns completely by 2016. I'm upset with the fan base of Cleveland that we are so Browns first over the other two teams. And this is the sort of game that makes me even more upset when they get booed off the field out of a game that, quite frankly, they shouldn't have even been in the way I see it. You know, yeah. Are we again? I'm we going, lost? Again, I'm going back to the fact that they're losing the same way pretty much every game. They're gagging it away at the end. And 
it's not getting fixed. So what you're saying is that most of the fans are like you. They'd rather the team get blown away if they're going to lose. The way that the way that they lost today, I'm not saying every single game, but like today, because yeah, I did expect the Browns. Probably, I did expect the Browns to lose by more than they did. Yeah, but it's the. So way, why is everybody so pissed? It's the way that they lost. So the Cavs were uh, ninth in attendance last year. That's fantastic. Actually, uh, averaging eighteen five, eighteen thousand five hundred fans each game. The capacity of the arena is it's not twenty thousand two something or no, no nineteen thousand nineteen something they nineteen seven nineteen eight yeah they had like attendance that. record of ninety five percent that's excellent so that means they were selling out at least half the games probably yeah I'm guessing they were selling out pretty much every game by March <laughs> and April yeah and the baseball team I'll 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 go with this the baseball team while on the field love it it's amazing. They get no benefit of the doubt for me as far as ownership goes. Their ownership's better than the Browns. In what aspect? Far and away. In well, what first aspect? of all, Jimmy Haslam was a crook. I mean, let's is, let's start there. Okay. What, I, I mean, maybe he technically wasn't implicated or convicted of anything in the pilot flying J scandal, but he's okay, got the whole listen. Okay. And then he goes okay. out and he signs Deshaun Watson, who you know, which just further. Uh, throws the fan base's sort of brand into the toilet amongst yeah, that, many. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I'm not talking about the Browns' ownership. I'm talking about this. This is you, you're trying to you're trying to figure out why nobody cared about the Guardians until the end of the season, right? Okay, it's because they have they don't see it, and they uh, until they were until the team proved that they were worthy of being watched. The team saw. Every year for the past five years, pretty much, they have slashed payroll in the last couple years at an alarming rate where we have a bottom three payroll in the in Major League Baseball. That's a true statement. So fans say, well, if you're not going to spend the money, why should I? So in other words, fandom is transactional to most of these people. Yeah, it's sports are a but business. You, but you said something that was very poignant there. This idea that the Guardians had to be worthy to be watched. Okay. Have the Browns ever in their history, week one of a season, ever had to prove that they were worthy to be watched? Okay, I, I get that. I get that. But you're, you're, you're saying that. Frankly, they should have to prove let, that every season. Stop. Given their track stop. record. You're saying that these sports are on an equal playing field. They're not. They should be. Not why? They're not. Football is far and away the number one sport in this country. Every city they're going to care about football more than they're going to care about the other sports. Pretty much. There are a few outliers, but pretty much they're going to care about football more than anything. It's it's just the way it is. So yeah, there's, there's much of our problem as a fan base. We just let the Browns get away with anything. Well, yeah, because so, we love football, and, and so, so does half of the league. As long as that happens, when the Browns <sighs> give away games like this, that should be the expectation, not the exception. And fans should not be booing at the end of games because they, they're just unhappy. Like, what? what? You expected something different? Okay. That's insanity. So... 
the fans shouldn't be upset that the Browns screw up. They should be happy they didn't lose by four touchdowns today, frankly. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Listen, I thought the Browns were going to lose by more than two points. That's ridiculous. The Chargers are not that good. I'm sorry. They have one, they have the worst coach in the NFL. Their defense is horrible. The only reason why that they beat us today is because they had Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson is suspended. If Deshaun Watson plays today, the Browns beat the Chargers. And they probably beat Atlanta last week, too. Uh, okay. So, yeah. The circumstances of Deshaun Watson is not great, and should the Browns have made the trade, I mean, we can go back and litigate that till the end of time. I'm not going to do that right now. What I'm saying is the Browns go into every single game pretty much with a deficiency at quarterback compared to the other team. For the most part, when they're not playing Marcus Mariota and, <sighs> and Mitchell Trubisky. And That's why like that. that – and again, okay. I mean, next week they're going to be up against two. Listen, like, I, I mean, this is why the fans are booing. And it's not be- – again, it's not because of today. They play Justin Herbert today. He's a great quarterback. It's because this game, I think a lot of the fans are like me in saying because the Browns lost today, even though I didn't expect them to win, the season is essentially over as far as going to the playoffs because of what happened before. It's compounding every week. That's why they're booing. They lose to the Patriots next week, they're going to boo even louder. And that would be more deserved because the Patriots are not very good. And they're playing a second It doesn't matter. The, the opponent is a nameless gray face. It's, it's everything that's happening. Everything that's happening. They're still booing because of the loss of the Jets. They're still booing because of the loss of the Falcons. And they're booing because the way that they lost to the Chargers is almost the exact same way that they lost the other two games because they threw up at the end of the game. The opponent doesn't matter if you lose the same way every single time. It should matter a lot, frankly. But if we're at that mode where, you know, if we're getting booed when we're losing to <coughs> Tampa or Buffalo like that later again, this year, then, well, again, then forget it. You're also— Turn out the lights. You're also— I think you are way overrating the Chargers. They're I've, not, been, I've been consistent from the start that I think they could be in the Super Bowl this year. I don't think they're going I, to the playoffs. And I still have seen nothing to the contrary that, that pushes me off of that. I don't even think they're going to the playoffs. Wow. Have they been to the playoffs yet with Justin Herbert? No. So they're, what makes you think that they're going they're to? They're going this year. Oh, okay. No. Brandon, I think that's a virtual guarantee. No. Brandon Staley will screw it up somehow. The real question is whether they'll win the division or not. <clears throat> Get the hell out of here. I'm not going to beat the Chiefs for the division. No chance. Anyway. Jeez. Uh, well, yeah. So, yeah, the Browns stink uh, right now. And... And the fans are being jerks, and quite frankly, I don't think they even deserve our good baseball team. But I think you're, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't need to be. I think yeah, I'm I'm a little upset about this I, whole I, thing, and this whole thing has been a sort of derail here. But I think like, you're being ridiculous. Been waiting to get this off my chest for a while. Yeah, I think you're being ridiculous. But whatever. Listen, the fans were sold a, a uh, the fans were sold a bunch of fake goods in the offseason that saying that this defense was going to carry us until Deshaun Watson got back. We have the worst defense in the league. I don't care what the numbers say. Our defense is horrible. I this, think Charger, of... this Chargers team, 
Their high rushing mark for the season this year was 64 yards, and you let them rush for 240 yards today. Oh, but you're we're gonna, not. You're gonna, oh, but we're not supposed to boo. The, def- the, the defense was not good today. But think of it this way: they gave up 17 fewer points to this team than they did a year ago. It's actually progress. I don't know. It's not progress. It's not progress. <clears throat> and if anybody really, really, really seriously thought that the Browns' defense was going to be elite this year, it was wishful thinking. Well, that's what the team and the players were, were telling. That again, that's why these. That's why they're booing. But it wasn't built on anything tangible. That's the maddening thing to me. Okay, but if it's the team like, is going to tell you that they're going to be really good at something and they utterly suck, what do you expect the fans to do? Boo. Acknowledge that on the other side of the ball, the offense has been much better than we thought. Okay, but right? they're still losing. On aggregate, the, I mean, on aggregate, the team is, well, they're exactly where they thought, where you thought they'd be at this point, two okay. and three. Yeah, they're but I didn't. Be, they're just, actually behind where I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be three and two right now. The Atlanta game, I didn't think they were going to lose. Okay, and I guarantee you, if they were three and two, that means they were three and one going into this game. I guarantee you, if they were three and one going into this game and lost by two points, they would not have booed today. If so they you think would, they just don't gack the Jets game the way they <coughs> yes. do. Yes. Then so so people are st- okay. So if that's the case, people are still litigating and are still stewing over a game that was three weeks ago. Yes, because they're still losing the same way. People need to get over it. I mean, that's just ridiculous. They're, they still got a game that's three weeks ago in their mind. And hopefully, the players don't have that same mindset because if they do, this season's over. Steve, the season's already over. I told you the season's over. We haven't over. even lost a game in the division yet. How could the, how could the season be over? Okay. Yeah, because th- okay, we're going to go to Baltimore and win and then beat Cincinnati on Halloween. We could. Okay. What's to say they couldn't? I mean, I don't. Okay, the fans see the, fair, the fan. The fans fair. are booing because they see the same thing that I see, and that the opportunity to actually be in this thing when Deshaun Watson comes back from suspension was the first four games of the season, and they should have been three and one or four and zero, oh, and they were two and two, and then they yacked this game. You get what you get for thinking that this team is going to be all that. Bottom line. Okay, well, that's why they're booing is because they, the players and the team set the expectation all offseason. Oh, great talent on defense. We got a top five defense. And you let a team that can't literally cannot run the ball rush for 240 yards and you don't even touch the quarterback when they have a rookie sixth round left tackle. I, again, what do you want the fans to do? I'd rather them boo like this than be apathetic. I think they need to understand that they <coughs> are playing these teams with still with one hand tied behind their back. Okay, but then— and it's not okay, easy. Listen, but then the team and the organization needs to set that expectation, and they didn't. They tried to tell us, oh, Jacoby Brissett, one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. He can get us to 11. They were, they were correct. They were—what? Jacoby Brissett's not one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL based on his play? I think he is. I mean, I don't he know. He may not be within the last two minutes with a game on the line, but the first 57 minutes of every game, he's good. Okay, and then we lose every all those games. Because we don't have a defense. Okay. And a special teams unit. 
Okay, you're making my point for me as to why they, the fans are so frustrated. I just wonder what bill of goods did the fans think they were getting? I mean, it just... I just told you. Who were these people that thought the Browns were going to the playoffs this year? It wasn't you. It wasn't me. It wasn't most of the people I was talking to in the offseason. Most of them were one. Most of the people, frankly, most of the people I was talking to this offseason were wondering if they're even going to still be Browns fans going into this year because of the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Whatever. Like, who were these people that thought the Browns were going to be 10, 11, 12 wins this uh, year? All of the national media? Not Vegas, apparently. Vegas is not national media. Well, usually Vegas and the national media expectations are pretty similarly aligned. No, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Well, if that's not the case, then the national media is not doing their job. Uh, case in point, yes. That's factual. The, the, they, they're not doing their job. Folks, are you not entertained by this? This is the sort of no, thing that happens not. on post-game podcast when we lose games. This is it. This is it in a nutshell right here. You have no idea where these shows are going to go. I just think I just think you're out of your mind thinking that the Browns don't deserve to be booed. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think the simple point in the end is did you really <laughs> think they were going to be better than 2 and 3? I guess well, I thought they'd be 3 and 2, but all right. I picked them to be 2 and 3, but that doesn't mean that I'm not frustrated by it. By picking the Browns to be 2 and 3, did I think that they would blow a 13-point lead with a minute left in the game with no timeouts for the other team? No. It's the way they're losing these games. This is why I always say I'd rather be blown out and know I don't have a chance than to rue the day that I had these games in my grasp and just puked all over myself. I'm worried that this is going to be self-perpetuating. Next week we play the Patriots, right? Game's at home, right? First possession of the game. Browns go three and out. Okay. Are people just going to be booing like crazy again in the first quarter? No, not necessarily because uh, I don't think they're booing the offense. I think they're booing the defense. I think the booing will happen when we give up a 25-yard run, run play on third and eight, third and six or something, or the Patriots have a third and 19 and we give up a first down, you know, it's a, it's a second and four and we jump off, or it's a third and four and we jump off sides. Stuff like that, I think, is when you're going to see the booing. I don't think the booing is coming to the offense. Okay. Well, we Patriots, we know we're probably going to be starting with the ball. We're not going to be, unless if we win the toss and defer. But, like, yeah, it's just, people need to not be so high strung. It's I, don't, just, I don't think the team ever, I don't think the team booed one, that for, and, and, and second of all, I don't think the team booed at all during the game. They booed when the game was over. Yeah, which... Is also quite telling, but we're not going to go into that. <sighs> All right, well, let's uh, <clears throat> go around the NFL real quick because we've kind of talked ourselves out of being able to talk about the Guardians. Hmm. So we'll be, we'll do that for a few minutes at the end. But so anyway, uh, the gate the. Well, Thursday night I briefly mentioned uh, the Colts won twelve to nine because the Broncos are like. Kind of like the Browns, they just can't seem to win a close game, and they find a way to screw things up. At the, Was that at the, the worst top time uh, prime time game ever? 
Horrible. On Thursday. Horrible primetime game. And in fact, <laughs> the worst part is is that the Broncos have already played three night games and they play another night game next week. Monday Night Football. Yeah. What in the world were the networks thinking? Wow. I think they were thinking the same the, the same thing that we were all thinking that Russell Wilson was actually still good. <laughs> he's not. Apparently Matt Ryan's not very good either, but like Oh god, he's done. Indianapolis has found a way to get back to 500 at 2-2 two, two and 1. The Broncos are now 2 and 3. Uh then we venture across the pond to London where we had an upset. The Giants are now 4 and 1. I after beating the Packers 27 to 22. I watching that game. And I'm like, oh, the Packers are going to win. I couldn't. I, I went over to my parents' house for the Browns and game, half. and my dad's like, oh yeah, the Packers just lost. I'm like, what? Unbelievable. So I mean, it's at some point you're going to have to start taking the Giants seriously, and they're they're now four and one. I we're almost at I that guess. point. I mean, they're they're almost on the the brink of that. Yeah. Speaking of another four and one team, the Buffalo Bills. They absolutely beat the snot out of the Steelers today, thirty-eight to three. It was thirty-one to three at halftime. I this this boy, the Steelers. Whoo boy, did they look bad? Whew. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, the quarterback that they drafted is bad. It, it's all bad for them. Terrible. So, like we said, as much as our problems are, we're not in last, and probably won't be for a while. Yeah. Who knows the next time the Steelers are going to win a game? Yay. The you know what's crazy is we're we're like. We're still going to be somehow tied for second at the end of uh, at the end of uh, today because one of the Bengals or Ravens are going to lose. We'll lose on huh, Sunday unless, night, which unless we are they tie. <laughs> coming to. Uh, speaking, continuing with the theme of teams that are four and one, the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe that's another team we're going to have to start taking seriously here soon. Yeah. They defeat the Chicago Bears twenty nine to twenty two. Again, here's the thing: this is a prime example. Minnesota, they play a crappy team. They beat them again. Chargers are better. I'm not, not as I'm crappy not as the Bears. <sighs> Man. I don't know. The Jets are three and two, but I still don't think they're any good. Oh, we did, I mean we didn't even mention the Jets yet, but yeah. I'm talking um, about I'm talking about teams that I'm talking about teams that, that are bad that we played that in the first not, quarter not of the beat, season. Yeah. yeah the Atlanta jury, is bad. Well, we might as well just go right to those two games. The Falcons were playing at the Buccaneers today. They lose twenty one to fifteen. That drops the Falcons to three and uh, to two and three. The Buccaneers are now three and two. That was an important win for Tampa. They had looked terrible the two previous weeks. Yeah, they were teetering a little and bit. It seems like they're doing the absolute minimum necessary to really kind of stay relevant here. Uh, you know, time will tell if that sort starts to turn around for them. But yeah, Atlanta I, again last week was poor. I don't think anything that Atlanta does is really going to change on that. The Jets are kind of fascinating though. They're now three and two. And their offense has been pretty darn good over the, the span of most of these five games. They they crushed Miami today, 40-17. to 17. Yeah. And as the Dolphins, after a 3-0 start, listen, have now lost listen, two Listen, I don't think two is that good, but they are like a rudderless ship right now. Teddy Bridgewater went out early in this game with a concussion. So they were they were playing some guy at quarterback named Skylar Thompson. Hmm. That sounds like a WNBA player, not an NFL quarterback. It, it does. Yeah. Uh, Skylar Diggins probably could have played as well at quarterback today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so things have really gone sideways in a hurry in Miami after that 3-0 start. Continuing on in the 1 o'clock window, our opponent next week, the Patriots, well, they looked very good today. They shut out the Lions 29 to nothing in Foxborough. 
Uh, this more or less to me just confirms that the Lions are not any good. I've never. I, I don't think I've ever handicapped a game worse. Oh, I picked Detroit today with the points. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> I just saw how. I just saw. Yeah, I just saw the Patriots are one and three. I know the Lions stink, but with them having a with the Patriots having a third string quarterback and getting and giving five points, I was like, oh man, I I. I can't see the Patriots winning that game. Well, yeah, they shot them out. It must not be a fluke with New England because they very nearly beat Green Bay last week with that aforementioned third-string quarterback. And that I believe that aforementioned quarterback is still going to be playing next week. I don't think Mac Jones we'll see. will be I back. don't know. Who knows? But, I mean, be that as it may, we'll, we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. We had a, a real shootout down in New Orleans today. The Seahawks put up 32 points but somehow managed to not win and didn't even cover as they lose to the Saints, that <laughs> my thoughts exactly there. They lose thirty-nine to thirty-two to the Saints, who, um, I mean, there was really nothing to lead me to believe that they were going to do that today. No. But New Orleans wins for the first time since Week One. They get to two and three. Seattle falls to two and three. There, I still don't think the prognosis is really that good for any one, either one of those two teams. But uh, New Orleans gets the win today. Uh, continuing on to the. Uh, the toilet bowl, literally, of the NFL, FedEx Field. The Titans go into Washington. They defeat the Commanders 21-17. to Did you see how? No, I actually, I did not. Carson Wentz threw an interception at the goal line. That seems that to game. be a theme this week, doesn't it? Yeah. Jacoby Reset did it. But this, Russell this, Wilson did but this, it. But this was, this was, like, with, like, 10 seconds left. Oh, well. Like, Jacoby's having – Jacoby, we didn't know at the time, but somehow somehow the Browns ended up getting the ball back after Jacoby Brissett yeah, threw Yeah, we didn't his. think that was – yeah, right. Like, <laughs> because Brandon Staley is the worst coach in the NFL. <clears throat> so so the Titans, after starting 0-2, are now 3-2. and So they have really righted the ship there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Commanders are who we thought they were. They're 1-4. Probably the shock result of the day uh, happened – I can't believe I'm saying this, seeing as it was a game involving Jacksonville, but – the Houston Texans, who are the only winless team in the league so far this season, even though they didn't look great doing it, they defeat the Jaguars thirty. Uh, excuse me, thirteen to six. Boy, after Jacksonville had some positive things going, and they were even leading at Philadelphia much of last week before capitulating late. This is a WTF result for them. They yeah. now fall to two and three. The Titans are now back in first place in the AFC South. Yeah. So. Has the ship kind of just gone? Ru- I don't know what it is with Florida teams and the ship going rudderless lately. But first Miami and now Jacksonville, uh, the last two weeks. Right. So uh, the Texans again first win there. Jacksonville now two and three. Going into the four o'clock window, these games are all in progress right now. End of the third quarter, the 49ers beating the Panthers twenty-four to twelve. I don't know what in the world I was thinking taking the Panthers in the points today. <laughs> um. <laughs> that was a very bad decision. The 49ers looking very good there. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. The Cowboys leading the Rams 19 to 10. This was like my one of my lead pipe locks of the day. Like how I, are the how are the Rams favored in this I game? I, For much less giving as many points as they were. The Rams have not looked good this season pretty much at all. The Cowboys are on a three game winning streak, so I, I don't know what Vegas and people were thinking on that one and I'm not a Cowboys apologist by any stretch of the imagination but they're looking pretty good in this one there's about four minutes left in the third quarter yeah, there we both took the Rams did, wait did I take the Rams yeah you have LA you have LAR minus five five point five the Cowboys. oh wow okay wow uh, that's that's bizarre 
You also, yeah, yeah, like you said, you also took Carolina. It's got to be a miss. I must have screwed up there. Wow. All right. I guess I'm getting well, that game wrong well, then. Well, it doesn't say Los Angeles Rams plus five and a half because no. I, I could give you the benefit of the doubt if you put plus five and a half. No. That's no, you just... have minus five and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, personal foul on me for that one. <laughs> um, the Rams are doing bad, and they're doing about as bad as I thought they were. Um, other 4 o'clock game right now, the Eagles leading the Cardinals 17-10. to That's about five minutes gone in the – third quarter there the Eagles are trying to get to 5-0 and here Arizona if they win this game that'd be a huge win for them they'll actually get them over 500 too yeah um the Arizona the Cardinals are another team where like Indianapolis which is the an- example I keep bringing up I just don't have any idea who they are or what to expect from them week yeah. to week uh but this would make a big statement for them but if the Eagles hold on they will be 5-0 and tonight we mentioned this one already the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals are doing battle. That's first, for first place in the AFC North. That's is that in Baltimore? That is in Baltimore, but the Ravens have dropped both games in Baltimore so far this year. True. Uh, so Blowing big leads in both of them. Yeah. You talk about a team. One of the rare teams that's had a harder time holding on to a lead than the Browns this year. Um, I, I feel stupid even asking this question because – we can't take care of our own business, so it really doesn't matter. But what team What team would you rather see win this game tonight? Cincinnati? Probably Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, I if, you were, if your brother was here, he'd probably say opposite because he thinks the Bengals are better than the Ravens. I think opposite to that. But yeah. bottom line is, is that, you know, none of these teams are running away with the division. But, again, Browns just can't seem to take care of their own business, so it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. You know, and Monday night the Chiefs are playing the Raiders. Um, Kansas City, I would think, would win that, but the Raiders have won in their head two of the last four years. So true. Who knows? That's a division. That's a division rivalry. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's around the NFL. That is that. Normally we would close the episode at this point, but we got to talk about uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, we touched on this a little bit earlier, and this is a great way to end the episode because the Guardians are awesome. They may not have scored a lot of runs in the last two games, but they found a way, both games, to knock out the Rays in two straight games. Their pitching was unbelievable. Oh, unreal. Could, imagine being imagine being a, a, a Rays fan and thinking, we gave up three runs in two games and got swept. That's ridiculous. <laughs> totally ridiculous. It's unbelievable. There were fewer runs scored in these two games than there were in, like, European soccer matches in two yeah. games. You know, and I just I just got to play this. Uh, here we go. Let me see. This is his third inning of work. There ain't Anders pitch. A swing and a high fly deep left center field. It is gone. Hello, New York. Hello, New York. The reason why, it obviously, this is an audio podcast, so you can't see what I was just doing. I was counting. When Vince Scully passed away, I, I went on this uh, this kind of monologue talking about Tom Hamilton. If you noticed, there were 10 seconds in between Tom Hamilton saying, it is gone, and then kind of reentering the picture. Because you let the crowd noise tell the story. You know, we just, for about 15 minutes, were 
arguing back and forth about the Browns fans booing after the Browns lost. Quite the opposite was what happens after a game-winning home run and something of that magnitude, winning a series, where Tom Hamilton gives his iconic call and then he kind of lets the atmosphere take over. And he, I, I say it almost every time, he is one of the best, and Vince Gully was the best, at letting, especially on the radio, letting a play, a big play in a game breathe. And then, boom, back in. By saying, by by the, the iconic, Hello, New York, call. So good. I love it when commentators just go dead air and you just hear the crowd. Yeah. That is what was awesome. great. So what was great about this was I was at a friend's wedding, shout out, and by friend, you guys all know him. Ryan, former co host of Living Off the Land. Uh I was at Jen and Ryan's wedding yesterday, and what was interesting was if that game had gone nine innings, that game probably ends over like an hour and a half before the wedding starts. Oscar Gonzalez hits that home run right in the middle of the ceremony, and there's a bar at the venue that's kind of like off the scene and is be, and is behind like a uh uh like blinds like that you can walk through and it was mainly like employees but like when that home run went off you just heard a just a loud like pop of people like screaming and yelling and it was right in the middle of the ceremony and it was hilarious <laughs> yeah the minister actually had to stop and and basically say and i i i think the guardians just won it's everybody laughed. It was it was a really cool moment. It was a great moment. Do you take this woman? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ryan, do you take Jen? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what happened. It was great. It was awesome. And you know, some people would be like, some people, if it was their wedding, would be like annoyed by that because you know, traditionalist, whatever. Right. I, I I got to, you know, with bride and groom, like it's really hard to catch a moment during like the reception with the bride and groom, whatever. Uh, but Ryan was like waiting for something. So I was able to catch a couple minutes with him. And uh, he was like, he was like, yeah, that was pretty cool that the, that the guardians walked off a playoff series right in the middle of my wedding. <laughs> what a moment that is. Heck I mean, yeah, that's, man. that's something. And, and can you imagine if, if your prediction from Wednesday night comes true and the guardians actually did go all the way and win the world series, that's going to make that story like, 10 20 fold even even better yeah i said i'm well i actually did make the prediction because you know i said you want to get nuts let's get nuts and i picked the guardians to win the world series but what i did say leading up to the playoffs i said about this team that the playoffs were going to go one of two ways they were either going to get there be happy that they got there and you know when things got a little tough, and things did get tough on Friday against Tampa because they went down first behind. and they had to come back, we were going to learn about this team because they're so young. And a lot of times with players, when adversity hits in the playoffs, they falter. But this team didn't. They came right back the very next half inning, and Jose Ramirez hits a home run, and they let the pitching close them down the rest of the way. And then... Yesterday, with the game going to 15 innings, I mean, again, could you imagine, especially for a young team that rides waves of emotions more than probably veterans do, how emotionally draining a 15-inning 
0-0 playoff game probably was. Oh my because if, if you're, God. you're a 22, 23-year-old baseball player sitting in the dugout, and it's the 14th inning, and neither team has scored a run yet, could you imagine? I mean, the pressure that would build just with one person getting on base. Because you got to think, like, okay, if Tampa scores in, in extra innings, we're probably done. Now, obviously, the Guardians, if they score... It is done because they're the home team. So bottom, you know, in extra innings, you know, bottom, whatever, they take the lead. It's over. Tampa, they take the lead. The Guardians would still have a, a chance to bat. But I, I, I can't say enough good things about I this do, team. I do think the fact that the Guardians came back literally in the next half inning and answered right back immediately yeah. was humongous. Because yeah. the longer that deficit stood to oh, the end yeah. of the game, yeah the more imposing it becomes, not just for psychological reasons, but also because that means you're not setting up, set up man, eighth inning, closer, ninth inning, which, as it turns out, they didn't even go to set up. They, they just went right to Classe right. In, in, for the four-out save. Right. But, like, yeah, the fact that they answered right back was just massive. Yeah, it's so important uh, when, you're, when you're able to answer right away. Uh, you don't let a game kind of not, not get out of hand, but you don't let, like, the opposing team kind of settle in with a lead and and do all that. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. So we are on to New York, and I thought about this. Somebody posted it. <clears throat> We're going to Yankee Stadium for the first time since that uh, that brawl between Miles Straw. Not really a brawl, but it's when that incident between Miles Straw and the Yankee fans out in center field. That's the first time we've been to Yankee Stadium since then. It was one of the first series of the season. That's funny you mentioned that. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. That was like back in May or something? Yeah, really early in the season. Wow. So, yeah. And again, this team, I mean, this team's playing with house money now. I, they were they were already because nobody picked them to go to the playoffs or win the division, and they did that. No. I mean, um, what, what was it, like 2.4% chance yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. But now they're playing with house money, and I'll tell you, literally every single ounce of pressure is on the Yankees. Every single they have the home run, the quote unquote. What we're not going to get into that, but home run king on their team. You know they're the vaunted Yankees, the NL East champs, and they got they got this they got this little ass team coming in with nothing to lose, and And that has been playing like dynamite for the last six seven weeks now. Exactly. Ever since what was it, middle of August when Seattle made us look bad? Like that's the last time that the Guardians. Like even lost a series, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, you know, any team, any team that is playing that good now needs to be taken extremely seriously. Yeah, if the Yankees are even for a second thinking that this is like preordained for them, they're gonna lose this series. Yeah, I agree, and I think all the pressure is on if the Guardians can hit win Game One. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, talk about throwing a haymaker right off the bat. You exactly. win game one. Oh, man. I wonder who, I don't think, let's see, when Bieber pitched, when was it? Friday? Friday. So yeah, he's not going to pitch on Tuesday. He'll probably pitch game two. Yeah. They'll probably, he'll probably pitch game three. Yeah, they'll probably just go, because Quantrill didn't get to pitch because it didn't go to a third game. Quantrill will probably pitch game one, which kind of sucks because Quantrill, if you look at his splits home versus road this year, he doesn't lose at home. I don't think he's lost at home once this year. So if I mean if you maybe not necessarily. I mean, could you throw Bieber on four days rest? 
I mean, you, and that's the thing because, like, well, be, game two, yeah. you have – I don't know why this is, but there's an off day between game one and game two for some ridiculous reason. Well, so it would be three days rest McKenzie, for Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday. Game okay, one's Tuesday. on Tuesday. Yeah, okay. So, okay, forget that. Which you're, I, you're, which you're not going to do that. I know. It, but, the playoffs, people have done that before. I, maybe in the World Series or, you know, later around. I mean, it would, would you, be it would be very ballsy to do yeah. here. Because then if, if you throw I don't on, think I wouldn't think they would do that. But the thing is, though, if you pitch him in game two, he probably doesn't pitch again in the series if they need him. Right. So maybe... You pitch him game one with the thought of if they need him in game five, he could go because, like you said, they have that extra day off. That is a little bit of a case of counting your chickens before they hatch, but, I mean, that is a thought. I feel a little bit better about that thinking if it was a best of seven as opposed to a best of five. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to second-guess Terry Francona. I mean, he's— No, never. He has earned his keep pretty much no matter what he wants to do. Yeah, 100%. Um. So you actually have the the Yankees winning this series. I unfortunately do. Yes. Um. Obviously, you're gonna be rooting like heck for the Guardians for that to be wrong. Yes. I have the Guardians winning because I went nuts and I picked them to win the World Series. I don't think that prediction is nuts. Well, like, I mean, we'll see. I, I listen, had to go I will, listen, on this I will, one. I will really start to believe it if they, you know, win against the Yankees like three to one. You know. And I do think that's our most likely win path. Win yeah. one of the first two games and then win the two here. Yeah, could you imagine winning a game five in the Bronx? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of decisive games in recent years in baseball won by the road team. So this is true. it's hey, there was well, actually the odd thing is in this round in particular, the Guardians winning two games at home, that was actually against the norm. Toronto lost both games at home to Seattle. They yeah. gave up an eight one lead yeah. in that game and lost ten nine. Yep. That was terrible. Crazy. And then also the the Cardinals, what the heck happened to the Cardinals? We thought that was going to be an easy one against the Phillies. Yeah. And instead, the Phillies came into St. Louis and won two games. Yeah. Go figure. None of the series went to three. Mets won two games in the world? Oh, no, the Mets played tonight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Mets, Mets and, and Padres, Padres are playing tonight. game three. So you had one split in there. But, yeah, other than the Mets winning game two last night, that was the only other win by a home team thus far besides the Guardians. Yeah. Which is – a little bizarre, but yeah, that's that's where we're at in baseball these days. Yep. All right. Well, All right. well, yeah. I'm feeling a lot better now. That we talked about the that. Audience. That was cathartic. I, I needed that. <laughs> the problem is we got to wait another day before the season before the series starts. Yeah. So, yeah, we get to lament the Browns for a whole another day. Before, <laughs> Monday. Uh, <laughs> Monday sucks. Yeah, it's true. Especially when you pop a tire on the way home from a wedding yesterday, and you got to. Get it replaced on Monday. And you crack your phone. And crap smashed my phone. <laughs> That's a double. Now, and it wasn't because I was mad that I got a flat tire. It's because I was an idiot and left it on top of the car when I was trying to put air in the tire and I drove off with it. I'm such a moron. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I'm driving away from the gas station and I, I'm I'm feeling in my pockets because you know, usually when I get in the car, I plug the phone right in and start playing music. Yep. I, the music wasn't playing, so I'm like, well, where's my phone? I, I, look, I look in the cup holder right on the center console. It's not there. I'm like, look on the passenger seat. No, it's not there. I'm like, check my pocket. There's not, there isn't a worse feeling than when you go to check your pockets and like either your keys or, in this case, obviously my keys would be there because I'm keys, driving my car. Keys, wallet, phone. Oh, wallet's anything. the worst. That's money. <laughs> yeah, phone. I was like, oh my God. 
I go back to the gas station. I'm looking around like a freaking idiot. Probably people probably think I'm on drugs. And this is at night. Like this is this like, is at eleven o'clock at night in Lorraine. This is on like the east side of Lorraine on Colorado Avenue, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then I'm looking around. I'm walking around the gas station, and I see. No. Walk out. Eh, phone's laying in the middle of the street. Probably got ran over. It's a good spoiler alert for our Better Know a Neighborhood segment this week. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll see on that. <laughs> yeah. So luckily I was able to pull into a lit parking lot to be able to uh, change my tire in my car without, like, you know, with, with the threat of not getting hit. So I know you had to do that on 480. Yes, that was back in March. Actually, I was coming back from here doing a podcast one yeah. night. Yeah, you know, so. had to change the tire on the side of 40. But the final question of the day is, what was more lit, the wedding or that gas station that you were at looking for your phone? <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. And uh, we'll catch you guys this week on Living Off the Land. Uh, probably, even if we did the show on Tuesday, we wouldn't be able to do it before the Guardians started their series. So I think we'll probably end up doing it on Wednesday. We can do a react of game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Wednesday is an off day in the series. So uh, we will be back with you guys then. Appreciate you guys listening and extra long post game show today. Uh, if you're still listening, we really thank you. And uh, you can follow me at Daniel J. Ford. You can follow Steven at Stiffs McGee. Spell it S T I P H S M A G E E. It's the last time I'm going to ask him to spell it. So if you're not listening, uh, too bad. And uh, you can follow us at the L O T L podcast. So. For Steven, I'm Dan. been listening to Living Off the Land. Catch you guys uh, later this week. Uh, by the way, uh, Forza Milan. Uh, thanks, Mike. You bet. Sucks. Bye.